I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. According to the Vice President of Litigation for the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund, Nina Perales, demographers predict an upward tick in the Latino population compared to the Anglo population. Next year, demographers predict that the Latino population will be greater than the Anglo population in Texas. Recently, MALDEF Vice President Nina Perales spoke to the Lower Rio Grande Valley Development Council. Very much appreciate the invitation. It's an honor to be able to talk to you today about redistricting. I have uh, five to ten minutes on your agenda, so I'm not going to go into great depth, although we do have um, more detailed demographic presentations that we can present if you're interested in the future. As you know, MALDEF is a nonprofit law firm uh, that was founded to bring civil rights cases on behalf of Latinos. And voting rights has always been a really central uh, topic that MALDEF has worked on uh, over the years. We have litigated redistricting cases uh, since our founding in 1968 in Texas. And we have litigated every round of redistricting that has happened in Texas since 1968. And that's important because since that time, every single round of redistricting, Texas has been found to have discriminated against Latino voters uh, in one or more of its statewide redistricting plans. So that means in the 1970s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010 cycles, Texas has been found to have discriminated against Latino voters. So it's really important that we keep an eye on statewide redistricting as well as what may be happening for you locally in redistricting. Our cases uh, can even go all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, and we make important legal gains for Latinos in voting rights through our Supreme Court litigation involving Texas, although I'm sure we'll be able to make those gains uh, with other cases in other states if Texas would simply agree uh, not to violate either the Voting Rights Act or the U.S. Constitution. I would be happy for that as well. So the U.S. Census Bureau just released the 2020 census data that we use uh, on August 12th. So we are still analyzing the data, but we've had a chance to observe some general things about Texas from the data that we have received from the Census Bureau. Uh, we're able to look at changes in total population in Texas, as well as changes with respect to race and ethnicity. All of these population changes have important implications for redistricting. So one thing that you should know is that population change was dramatic in Texas during this past, uh, what we would call intercensal cycle from 2010 to 2020. And we have a new and very different picture of Texas than we had before, even a decade before. And the population changes are quite stunning, in fact. There is widespread and consistent loss of population in rural areas in Texas. And at the same time, really extraordinary population gain in Texas in large cities and suburbs. 
I have never seen a pattern like this, and this is my third round of redistricting with MALDEF. So this is not the Texas of the past. I know that we have sort of traditional imagery of Texas as maybe a lone cowboy in a hat on a horse, riding through a rural area, small towns. Uh, Texas is changing very, very fast uh, and becoming a much more urban and suburban state. So with respect to race and ethnicity, we also have a very dramatic story that's happening. The total population of Latinos has now converged on the total population of Anglos in our state. Latinos are now 39.3% of the state's population. Anglos are 39.7%. So what separates the Latino and Anglo population is 0.4%. And those two lines have been moving where the Latino line has been moving up in terms of percent and the Anglo line has been moving down. So next year, demographers predict that the Latino population will be greater than the Anglo population in Texas. Uh, so this is a, a significant moment for Texas demographics. Uh, the growth uh, was quite lopsided in terms of different groups. Anglos were less than 5% of the growth in the state from 2010 to 2020, less than 5%. Latinos were 49.5%. So essentially half the growth in Texas since the last decade has been Latino. An important story with respect to Asian Americans, 15% of the state's growth has been Asian American, and African Americans were 16% of the state's growth. So if you, if you love math and you add all of that up, that means 95% of the population growth in Texas from 2010 to 2020 was persons of color, Asian American, African American, and predominantly Latino with Anglos, white non-Hispanics, comprising less than 5% of the overall state's growth. All of these things that I'm telling you are very, very important for redistricting. Uh, these considerations include the fact that uh, we think that rural areas and small cities are going to end up losing uh, political strength, political voice in the capital as districts, because they all have to have the same number of people in them, districts are gonna start migrating towards suburbs and towards large cities. Uh, the predominantly rural area of South Texas is likely uh, to, to see at least an attempt to shift uh, political seats towards the suburbs and towards the cities. You should know that in El Paso County, the growth of that county did not match the state average. In the lower Rio Grande Valley, the growth that the census captured did not keep a pace with the rest of the state. So although normally we think of the valley and South Texas as being a population growing area, that is not what the census data is telling us. In fact, the bottom cone part of Texas uh, is reported to have not grown as quickly as the rest of the state. So there may be redistricting implications to that. Although I have told you a very positive story about Latino growth, Latino political strength is not matching where our growth is for a couple of reasons. We're a very young population. We have a disproportionate number of people who are under the age of 18 within our population. And then we also have citizenship 
as a factor in who is eligible to, to vote. So even today, as the Latino population converges on the Anglo population, the number of registered voters uh, who are not Hispanic is quite large. And the number of voters who are Hispanic is still not matching where we are numerically. Uh, and so, although the story is a very positive one for Latino population growth, there's a challenge embedded within that, which is to have Latino political participation be as strong as the demographic growth. In terms of considerations for local redistricting, I just want to make three points in closing. One, as you enter into the redistricting process for your various jurisdictions, whether those are cities, counties, or special districts, please keep in mind that community input is critical. I urge you to build in time in your redistricting schedule for public hearings. Consider making your public hearings both in-person and virtual in order to capture the testimony of members of the community in whichever mode is more comfortable for them. Reach out to the groups and the individuals that you know are going to be interested in weighing in on redistricting and make sure they're aware of your public hearing dates. And prepare yourselves to accept uh, redistricting plans that may be drawn on uh, new technologies that people in the community have access to now uh, and be prepared to consider those redistricting plans that may come to you from the community. I think when you start working with the census data, a lot of people are going to be surprised that in the Valley, the census numbers may not be as high as you expected them to be. Uh, it is possible that you will know that you have areas where people are living. Uh, and yet when you look at census data, the census data does not show that many people living in those areas. Um, it is very likely that we had a census undercount in Texas and in the Valley as a, a function of a lot of things. Um, there were all kinds of problems with the pandemic affecting the census. Uh, and also the state of Texas did not put a significant amount of money into census outreach. Uh, so there wasn't a lot of help for uh, local jurisdictions uh, financially from the state. We want to urge you with respect to all of the redistricting to please um, consider us a resource. And with respect to Austin, we would really urge you to make sure that your voices are heard in Austin as we are about to enter what is likely to be a special session on redistricting. Uh, we think that it would be very important for the leadership of the Lower Valley to be there in Austin and to testify as to the needs and the importance of having political representation in the Valley. We can provide support, including analysis and talking points. Thank you very much. Nina Perales is Vice President of Litigation for MALDEF, the Mexican-American Legal Defense and Education Fund. In 2006, Perales tried and argued successfully in the Supreme Court the first case that ruled in favor of a Latino vote dilution claim under the Voting Rights Act, LULAC v. Perry. Most recently, in 2018, 
Perales secured the first ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court that struck down racial gerrymandering of Latinos in Abbott v. Perez. I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service.